the World Health Organization has officially recognized burnout as a medical condition. So congratulations, you now have a clinical syndrome. Welcome to The Corporate Middle, your survival guide for corporate insanity. Welcome to The Corporate Middle. I'm your host, Donald Metter. Well, it's finally happened. Burnout is a real thing. The World Health Organization now thinks this actually is a clinical syndrome. And this should come as no surprise to anyone that has actually held a job. Burnout is a real thing. It actually will dramatically impact your life in a lot of really terrible ways. So let's actually go through some of the symptoms that the WHO has said is part of burnout. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Increased mental distance from one's job. Or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. Reduced professional efficacy. Now, does any of that sound familiar? Uh, let me look uh, just for myself. Um, energy depletion, check. Cynicism, <laughs> double check. Uh, reduced professional efficacy. Yeah, that sounds bad. I'm going to go ahead and, and just check that one as well. I think every single person that has ever had a job, much less a corporate job, has probably experienced burnout at least at some point in their professional career. There, there's really no way around it. There's always going to be more work than there are people, at least in my experience. And because of that, you're going to have these periods where you're working too many hours. You have too many things to do. And what happens is, well, burnout. And that's when it starts to really affect everything around you. Now, if burnout was just something that was isolated just to the work environment, honestly, it would be fine. We could figure it out. We could get over it. But the challenge is that it just seeps into every single part of your life. I have certainly seen it, you know, where you get irritated so much easier. You wake up grumpy. You're tired at the end of the night. You're just, you're mentally exhausted. And you just, you can't get seem to get rid of it. It's just one of those tough feelings. And again, like I said, I, there's really no way to avoid it, honestly. I think as long as there's going to be work, there's going to be times when you just have way too much of it. So what you have to do is find a way to manage it. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. The first thing you need to do is make sure you are completely in lockstep with your boss on what your priorities actually are. I was working a software development project and I had a pretty huge application and had a large user base. It was growing. It was, it was you know, really becoming a big thing within the company. And I had six developers that were working on it. It was, it was manageable. It was a manageable workload. It was certainly full-time, but I had you know, plenty to do. There was never a lack for things to work on. And then the company decided they needed a little bit more of me, that there was some projects they needed me to take on. And so because of that, I went from having six people to having about 19, uh, almost overnight, and in addition, taking on a couple other applications as well. And not only that, they also wanted to make sure, oh, oh, those applications you're working on, we also need some mobile apps on top of that. So I went from this one application to managing four different development efforts that not only included my own team, I also had contractors, I had a third-party company to deal with, and I also now had offshore resources to deal with. 
my workload went up exponentially, basically overnight. This was not going to end well. I tried <laughs> as best I could, but you know, there was just no way I could be successful and manage and lead the way I wanted to if I'm going to be spread so thin. And so I went to my boss. I actually even made him a PowerPoint with a before and after chart showing him, you know, here was my workload last year. This is what I had. Here's the people I had. This is what I have this year you know, with boxes and lines and all these pictures just to try to get my point across to show him, you know, there's, it's too much. It has increased so much I can barely keep up. And now another tip is to make sure you use lots of pretty pictures because, you know, bosses, they, they really love pretty pictures. And, and so once I showed him these, these pictures, I laid it out very clearly. It, it's too much. I cannot continue to manage this. And, you know, he kind of nodded and he sat there and he agreed. It was a huge increase in workload. There was no options given because the company was slowly letting more people go. If anything, I was going to be asked to do more with less people. That's just kind of the way things work. There was no solution. It was basically, well, you know, that's, that's your job now. Congratulations. Once I realized that I wasn't going to get more people and there was going to be no help coming for the burden of what I was working on, I switched my tactics. I said, okay, so this is my job. Here's what I've got. So I sat down and said, okay, I listed, you know, one through 10. Here's everything that I have going on right now. What's the most important? Help me to stack rank one through 10 on what I need to be doing. Where do I need to be focusing my time? And thankfully, I had a pretty good relationship with my boss. He was willing to do that to help me walk through. I didn't get the generic, well, they're all the number one priority, which is, you know, a lot of times what you hear, unfortunately. But, you know, if you can have the opportunity to actually sit through and understand, and sometimes you can get this by inference, you know, what are they asking about the most? You know, what are you feeling the most heat on? You can kind of get it through inference. Obviously, the best way to do it is actually talk with your superior directly to understand what your priorities are. And so we did that. We did that. We looked through what the priorities were. I even went so far as to say, okay, if this is my number one priority, this is where I should be spending my most time, right? So I should be spending at least 30% of my time on this project. Do you agree? And of course, he said, yes. I said, okay. Well, that leaves... 70% less. And so what I did is I actually divvied up the percentage of my time that should be spent on each project. And we got up to 100%. And so we did that. And then I said, okay, let's take a 50-hour work week. All right? Because at, at that point, that's kind of what my boss expected is the minimum to put in was 50 hours. I said, I've got this 50-hour work week. Here's the percentages. And I, I sent him, I said, here's the number of hours I'm going to spend on each of my tasks. Do you agree with this? Are, are, is this in line with what you're thinking? And it was. He, he said, that's fine. That's great. But what that meant is that things on the bottom of the list were probably going to fail. They, they probably were going to get a very little bit of attention. But that's okay. right? That, that's all right. That's understanding how you're managing your time, what you need to be focusing on, because it's what your boss cares about the most. And so in order to help manage some of that burnout where you're you know feeling really stressed out, you need to understand where you should be focusing your time. And had I not gone through that exercise, I might have been really stressed out about number eight or number nine on the list, when in reality, it wasn't that important. I should save my stress for at least the top five. The second thing you want to really make sure you're doing is stay in touch with your team. The stress that you're feeling, one, is probably contagious. And so they can sense it you know, on the staff calls and how you're talking to them. But if you're stressed out, 
you're probably transferring that to your team. And also, they're probably really stressed out because they have too much work just like you do. And so you have to make sure you are really focusing on them, talking to them one-on-one, watching their behavior, watching their irritation, watching the things that are happening on the staff calls to make sure you're in tune what's going on with your team. Because if they're burned out, guess what? You're all going to fail, right? If they are burned out, it's not going to end well. They're going to be irritated. They're looking for other jobs, all that type of stuff. And so you've got to stay in lockstep. And you do that by having conversations. Make sure you're having those one-on-one interactions with your team about their workload, just like we talked about. You should be having the same priority discussion. Make sure they know what they should be stressed about. Make sure they know what they need to be working on so they understand where they should be focusing their time. Now, the truth is, if your team is overworked, you probably don't have much input on what those project deadlines are going to be. You can't change them. You can't change the workload or the stress in a lot of situations because that has come from somewhere else, probably really far above you. But there are a couple things that you can do to make it a little bit better. And they're not even, they're not even that big. The first thing is say thank you for their work. Tell them you appreciate the hours that they're putting in. Just, just give them a little bit of gratitude that, hey, I acknowledge this. I did that several times on calls. It's like, listen, guys, I know we have a lot going on. I appreciate the extra work and the extra hours that you are putting in. It seems trivial, but you're going to be shocked at the number of people that just do not do this. Study after study after study shows that just giving a little bit of appreciation to your team for their hard work goes a long way in one, helping avoid burnout, but in two, actually helping the team come together and actually work harder. You're going to get more output. In addition to that, there's little things that you can do just to help them out so they just they, they feel a little bit better. And the, here's an easy one you can do. When you've had a rough week, a lot of crazy stuff are going on, let them go home an hour early on Friday. Yeah, that's it. Just, just an hour early. Say, hey guys, it's been a long week. I appreciate your effort. Everybody take off an hour early today. Have a great weekend. Again, you are going to be shocked what this little gesture on your part will do to help your team, to help them avoid burnout. Oh man, my boss gets it. He understands. He appreciates it. He cares about us. These little things make a huge difference, not only in your team feeling burnout, but even in the output that you're going to get from your team. Focus on staying in touch with them, knowing what's going on. Make those little gestures to help the week just get by a little bit better. The third thing to do, and you know, this may actually be the toughest of everything. You've got to be okay with failing. And for anyone that is at all like me, that is a terrible, terrible word. We do everything we can so that we don't fail. And here I am saying, hey, you just got to be okay with it. But that's kind of the truth, right? If you're burned out, if your team is burned out, if you have more work than you can handle, the odds of failure are pretty high. And continuing to push people past that breaking point, it's not going to matter, right? You're going to have that diminishing returns where all you're going to do is ensure more failure in the future and even defection of your best people. They're going to be looking for something else. In one of those huge projects that I had where we had just a ridiculous deadline set by some executive that had no clue what they were doing, we actually had a huge crisis in the workforce. We had four contractors 
leave within a span of about 30 days. And so we were down for software developers almost overnight. There was basically no way this was going to work. There's, there's no way we were going to hit the deadline. I had a guy on the team that was, well, he was basically a rock star. Uh, he was carrying the entire team, even before everybody left, and especially after. He, he was the guy that didn't accept failure. He was going to put in as many hours as necessary to make sure that project came in on time, which is amazing. <laughs> you definitely want somebody like that on your team. But the challenge is I knew, just based on the workload and what we had with the four people leaving, that it just it wasn't going to happen. Uh, and even if he worked 80 hours, 90 hours a week, which he already was doing, it wasn't going to work. And so I told him, I said, listen, go home. You have to go home. Friday at 5 o'clock, I want you to go home, shut your laptop, and have a good weekend. Don't work this weekend. Take a break and move on. Put in a great week of work. Put in your 40, your 50 hours, and that's it. Go home and don't worry about it. The thing is, you're not curing cancer, all right? The work is going to be there on Monday. And so that's what I told him. It, it, it was kind of hard for him to stomach that. I knew as a leader that he could not sustain that level of output indefinitely. He was going to burn out. There's no way he could keep up that level. And I had to protect him just like I would protect myself and let him know that, hey, listen, it's okay. It's going to fail. And that's all right. Sometimes the only way things change is through failure. Sometimes you have to let project deadlines pass and not meet them. And only at that point will anything be done. They're not going to give you extra resources. They're not going to give you extra headcount if you're always hitting your deadlines. That, that's just not how it works. Their goal is to get as much out of you as they possibly can. If you're willing to work 70 to 80 hours a week, well, guess what? They're happy to take that 70 to 80 hours a week, but it's not sustainable on the individual level. And so you have to, you have to look at that. You have to understand that failure is going to be a byproduct of overwork and it's going to be a byproduct of burnout. And you're going to continue to get those diminishing returns until something changes. And there's something else you need to realize. This project, you know, this deadline, whatever you're working on, I'm sure right now you feel it is the most important thing in the world. Your entire career depends on this deadline being hit. I'm going to tell you right now, it's just not true. The reality is, in five years, almost nobody's going to remember this but you. Your career is a long career. Almost nobody remembers every single project. I know over my years, I had that same experience. You know, it was almost, you know, I guess 12, 13 years ago. I messed up on a project. I gave this presentation that was terrible. It was just this awful thing. I thought it was going to follow me the rest of my career. Not a single person remembers that but me. Literally not a single person. So failure is okay. Failure is a byproduct of burnout and overwork. Don't make the mistake of pushing your team too far to try to avoid this momentary setback and trade it for terrible long-term results on your team. Understand that failure is going to happen when you have these scenarios. Focus on protecting yourself and your team from it. The last thing you need to do is, well, you just got to unplug. You've got to find a way to turn work off. 
I know that's really hard with smartphones and you know all the stuff that we have today. They want you to be there 24 by 7 and things like that. But the key to sanity is to make sure you completely unplug at the end of the day. The brain is a fairly predictable thing. It enjoys routines and habits. It likes to be comfortable. You need to create an end-of-the-day habit that signals the workday is over, it's time to shift to other responsibilities. It can be as simple as listening to a specific song or maybe going for exercise, going out for a run. The point is to make sure that you actually have a specific trigger you can hit each day that signals to your brain, work is over. Now, I have this. I I do this. I do have a specific routine that I use to transition to kind of something new. I go from being you know, the worker to being the husband and the father. And it really unburdens me of the things that are going to, you know, keep me up all night long. At the end of my workday, I get a final cup of coffee and I make a to-do list for the next day. Here's everything I need to do tomorrow. A list of everything that needs to be accomplished tomorrow. This is that mental exercise of kind of purging everything that's already in my head and kind of work-related so I don't kind of stew on it the rest of the night. As a great side effect, it actually helps me start the next day better as well. And once that list is done, I shut down my computer and I head home. I know that once that computer is shut down, so is my work for the day. You know, you're going to be surprised at how effective this actually can be. Find a routine that works for you that can help you transition to a new part of the day, a different part of your life that you need to keep separate. Avoiding burnout or preventing it, honestly, It's probably not possible. That's just not how things work. The company's job is to get as many outputs out of you with as few of inputs as possible. They're going to continue to increase the amount of work you have and decrease the number of people you have to do it. You just have to figure out how to mitigate the damage it can have on other parts of your life. So let's do a quick recap. One, be very clear with your boss on what the priorities are. Let your boss set what you need to be working on. The second, stay in touch with your team. Focus on their well-being. Be attentive to what's going on with them to hopefully lessen burnout before it happens. The third thing, be okay with failure. There's a good chance if you're overworked, your team is burned out, you're going to fail or you're going to deliver subpar results. Understand that's a byproduct of where you're at you got to find a way to be okay with it, even as hard as it is, so you don't push people too far. And four, the last thing, unplug. Figure out a way to divide your day between work and everything else. Otherwise, you're going to let this anxiety and this stress just seep into the rest of your life, and it's not healthy. I've done it. It's terrible. It's awful. Figure out a way to do that. Thanks so much for listening today. And also, I do want to say I appreciate all the support and feedback I have got uh, on my book, Surrounded by Insanity, How to Execute Bad Decisions, which is available on Amazon. The support has been fantastic. I'm really happy that folks are reading it and getting a lot out of it. Thanks so much. And I'd love to hear your opinion. I'd love to hear what you think about the book or any pressing middle management questions you'd like me to answer on how to actually get through your day. Email me at donald at corporatemiddle.com and I would love to hear from you. You can also check out the website thecorporatemiddle.com and see all these back episodes and the blog and things like that. I look forward to hearing from you and remember the reward for good work is just more work. See you next time.